glory and give God the praise. Hallelujah. Give God the praise. He's worthy. Right where you are, just keep those hands lifted. Just open your mouth and praise God. You know what he's worth. You know what he's done for you. You know what your testimony is. You know how good he's been. Why don't you just talk to him right where you are? Just take a moment. Let's shut everything else out. I'm not thinking about anything else, but Lord, I'm giving you the glory, the honor, and the praise right now, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy right there, Lord. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy of the glory, Lord. You're worthy of my praise. You're worthy of the honor. Hallelujah. 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 Come on now, put those hands together and give him some praise. Give him some praise with that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we're grateful on today. We're not worthy, but Lord, we're grateful for your consideration of us, even when we don't consider you. Lord, for favoring and loving us, even when our actions seem to say that we don't even love ourselves. Lord, we just say thank you. Lord, thank you for not allowing even the things that we don't see to take us out, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for not allowing us to die while we were in our sins. For that, Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for continuously pouring your blessings and your favor upon us, even when we're not as faithful to you as we should be. And that's why, Lord, we're thankful. That's why we're grateful. That's why we give you the honor. That's why we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, come on, put those hands together and give him some praise again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We're grateful to God for just another day to be in his house, another opportunity to spend time together in his word, spend time together giving God praise. It, it, oh, how beautiful it is for the saints to come together and worship. Amen. It's beautiful. Amen. To see us together and have an opportunity to give God the praise, the glory, and the honor. To let somebody else know that we're grateful. I'm, I'm grateful every day, but I'm coming to share with my friends and my family and just let them know how grateful I am. Nothing else, I'm letting them know I'm still here. I, I'm still here, and that's a testimony in itself of God's favor and God's grace and mercy on my life. Saints, we're going to the word of the Lord, and we will be going to St. John. And there in John, we'll be looking at chapter 16 verses 29 through 33. Again, that's St. John chapter 16, verses 29 through 33. For those who are joining us virtually, we welcome you here to the sanctuary here at Bright Temple where we are live, and we're grateful that you have decided to be a part with us on this morning. Again, that's St. John chapter 16, verse 29 through 33. I'll be reading from the Message Bible. So it's a, it, our, this, is, this version will certainly vary from yours, but it makes a point that I want to share with you. Again, St. John chapter 16, verses 29 through 33, and the word reads from the Message Bible. 
His disciples said, finally, you're giving it to us straight. In plain talk, no more figures of speech. Now we know that you know everything. It all comes together in you. You won't have to put up with our questions anymore. We're convinced you came from God. Verse 31, Jesus answered them, do you finally believe? In fact, you're about to make a run for it, saving your own skins and abandoning me. But I'm not abandoned. That's, that's so powerful. I want you to say that with me. Say, but I'm not abandoned. Point at somebody and say, but you're not abandoned. Jesus said, but I'm not abandoned. The Father is with me. Oh, say that to yourself. The Father is with me. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart. I've conquered the world. Heavenly Father, Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to this destiny moment as your word shapes us, molds us, and directs us in the way that you'd have us to go. Lord, illuminate the, our path and our purpose with your word. And Lord, most of all, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Super Bowl Sunday, and today I want to talk to you about the after party. I want to talk to you for a few moments about the after party. The after party is something that is planned ordinarily in advance. There is an expectation that usually in the Super Bowl, either the, the Bengals or the Rams, somebody is going to celebrate. In fact, in advance of this, this is what the NFL does. The NFL prints Super Bowl championship T-shirts and hats for both sides. They've already printed them. There are, there are T-shirts and hats that say uh, Los Angeles Rams 2021-2022 Super Bowl champs. And there are also T-shirts and hats that say the same for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know what? They've made preparations in advance. Even as the game is about to come to a close, they have a whole team. That team runs to the locker room and they begin to put up sheets because you know they're about to pop champagne. They pull out the bottles of champagne, they put, they put it iced and put it in the middle of the locker room so that they can celebrate, but the champagne has already been purchased. The, the sheets to protect the locker have already been purchased and the team is already in place because they know there will be an after party. And I came to tell everybody here that you are invited to the after party. Somebody point at your neighbor and say, you are invited to the after party. Because to be invited to the after party, that means that in advance, we already know that we win. We already know that we win. In fact, I, I, I'll take, uh, I'll take a, a line out of, a, uh, I guess, the street poet by the name of Fat Joe. <laughs> In his song, Lean Back, uh, he, he has a line that says, we didn't even have to play to win the championship. And I, I hope somebody grabs that for yourself. Jesus, God said, the battle is not yours. It is the Lord. You don't even have to play to win the championship. 
Here Jesus is talking to his disciples, and many times Jesus spoke in parables, and he did that for a purpose. He often told them that the kingdom is not for everybody that's listening, but I, 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 am, I am wrapping up the mysteries of the kingdom in parables to confound those who will misuse my words and try to cause me to be taken before my time. But it is, it is made available to those who are really listening to me, to those who really have me at heart, who really are my followers. But then at other times, he was so confounding in his parables that even the disciples were confused. And they didn't even understand what he meant. Sometimes you remember he was talking about food and then the disciples thought he was talking about earthly food. And then Jesus had to tell them, no, I wasn't talking about literal earthly food. But even his parables sometimes confused the disciples. Well, here in this particular text, he is speaking plainly to them so that they will understand some of the mysteries of the kingdom. And when he does so, they say, Lord, we appreciate it. We thank you. We're, we're grateful for you speaking to us so plainly. And then when Jesus hears them saying that, the first thing he says, he says to him in verse 31, he says, do you finally believe? And today I want to talk to somebody. I want to challenge you relative to your belief. Do you truly believe? Belief will change your behavior. Your belief will drive your behavior. There are many things you do based on sometimes the thing has not happened, but because you believe it will happen, it changes your behavior. Uh, uh, let me tell you, in, in, a, in a couple of months, some of you have, if you haven't done it already, you file your taxes. Well, I, I would presume most of you have not been audited. The IRS hasn't come to garnish most of your stuff. In most cases, that hasn't happened to you. But you, what, believe that if I don't file my taxes, the government will come for me. I wish I had help there this morning. It's not because it happened to you, but it's because you believe it will that you file your taxes in advance so you don't have those problems. Yeah, you, you believe when you're driving along the interstate. I know I do when I came here. I, I believe that there are police officers in the area who are, who are ready and willing to enforce the speed limit. So therefore, I, I, I monitor my speed because I believe that if I don't, I might face a stiff fine at the courthouse. Come on in here. That, that means that belief, it drives my behavior. So many of us say that we believe in Jesus and we believe in his word, but does our belief change our behavior? Does your belief change how you behave all through the week? You say you believe, but I, I'm not just talking about coming to church on Sunday, but does that belief drive how you behave on Monday? Does it drive how you treat your neighbors? Does that belief trigger how you respond to the person who cuts you off while you're driving? Is that belief still there when somebody at work talks about you behind your back and you hear about it? Is that belief still there? Is that belief still there when you have a financial problem, when it seems like your bills and your money aren't agreeing and they're not on the same terms, they're not in the same ballpark? Does that belief trigger how you behave and how you react? Because if you truly believe, it will change your behavior. If you believe your blood pressure is going to go up, you're going to take your blood pressure medication. Because you, you believe. 
On the other, on the other case, if you, if you believe that, that walking helps to keep you healthy, you're going to keep walking. Because that belief is driving your behavior. But whatever we believe, we, as, it believe as it relates to God, it ought to change or alter how we behave. See, when God, God knows, see, the, the thing here is that they say the Jewish belief here re- relative to what Jesus was saying to the disciples is that he was speaking to them plainly because he already anticipated their questions. He knew that if he didn't speak to them plainly enough that they would have many questions and God was trying to make a clear point here with the disciples. And Jesus' anticipation of their beliefs, that believes they, many Jewish believe that was a sign of his divinity. Because he already knew in advance what their questions would be. So therefore, he spoke plainly enough to address what they would ask in the future. That's God showing and demonstrating that he knows what we need. He knows what we have need of. God even knows our areas of weakness. And we all have them. Our areas of weakness might be different. But God knows our areas of weakness. He knows where our faith needs to be strengthened. And therefore, God crafts our trials, our storms. He crafts them intentionally and purposefully so that they help to address our areas of weakness, help us to be more proficient in the areas where than we were before. We ought to be getting stronger as Christians. We ought to be getting stronger. That means that, yes, we rely on God, yes, we depend on him, and yes, we trust him. But there are some areas where we ought to be getting stronger because through the trial, we've learned something. It's not beneficial to us to go through a trial if we don't learn anything. Because if you don't learn anything, you're going to have the same trial again. Think of it this way. Going through a trial and learning nothing is like going to the gym and eating a box of donuts. Come on now. You have just created more need. You're now going to need to work out harder because you went to a place where you were supposed to try yourself, where you were supposed to get stronger, where you were supposed to get better. But since you didn't learn the lesson of that trial, then you're going to have to go back again. And that's what happens when we don't learn from our storms. When we don't learn from our trial, then we have to suffer the storm and suffer the trial again because we did not learn the lesson of the trial. Did not learn the lesson of the storm. And some of us, if we're honest, we're some of us a little more hard-headed than others. And all of you parents know you had that one child that was a little more hard-headed than the other one. Some of them you could tell them, but some of them you had to show them. Yeah, come on. Some of them, you could tell them the stove is hot, the other one had to touch it, and you just got your bandage ready. <laughs> come on here with me now. <laughs> so, some of them, you, they, you, you could tell others, and they, and they would immediately be convinced, and they would alter their behavior because they had a higher level of belief. But some people had to get burned before they believed. They had to touch the fire before they believed. And, and what I'm telling you is Christians, when you get stronger, when you get better, when your belief is built up, you shouldn't keep touching the stove. Come on now. Your belief, your faith should be stronger. So at this point, Lord, you don't have to send me through that storm. I'm going to listen to your word and I'm going to believe 
And since I listen and believe, it's going to change my behavior. I've listened and I've believed and it changed my behavior. Because if my behavior has not changed, it sounds like I didn't listen or I certainly did not believe. What's the point of listening to God if you're not going to believe? Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? He said, my sheep hear my voice. And a stranger, they will not heed. They listen, they believe, and they alter their behavior based on what I've said to them. And Jesus is saying to them now, he's challenging them. He's saying, do you now believe? I have crafted your storms and your trials for the purpose of making you stronger. And get this, when you go through a trial, you're struggling. God's going to send a trial in an area where you're weak. He's going to send you a, a trial in the area where you're weak, where you need help. You don't, you don't, I, I saw, there was a video, funny video out there, and this person was like, I'm, I'm about to head to the gym. They, they, get, they get up, they get, they're excited, they eat their breakfast, they drink their protein shake, they drive their car to the gym, and they got all their workout gear on, they go in the gym, they get down on the mat, they do one push-up, and then they leave. Okay. <laughs> did, they, did, they, did they even learn anything from that? Did they address any real area of weakness? Did they really get stronger from that situation? So, so what I'm telling you is the same with God. The trial is going to be harder than that. And the storm is going to attack you in your area of weakness. And sometimes we get so excited about our areas of strength that we don't want to talk about our areas of weakness. I, I, I didn't commit a fornication this week. Hallelujah. Maybe nobody asked you. I, I, I didn't commit adultery. Maybe that's not your area of weakness. So, and sometimes we get so busy touting our areas of strength that we don't want to talk about our areas of weakness. Yeah, yeah you, didn't, you didn't commit adultery or fornication, but did you lie on somebody this week? Were you gossiping? Were you hateful? Were you mean? Did you demonstrate the attitude of Christ all through the week? Did you believe? And did belief drive your behavior? Revelation 21 and 8 and says when it speaks of those who will take part in the fire, it says first the first people they mentioned, but the fearful and the unbelievers. Fearful, not the fornicators, not the adulterers. All these other folks you want to list because we try, tend to rank sins. You, you're doing all of that, but it said the fearful... And unbelievers, those who did not have enough faith in me to believe and then allow that belief to drive how they behave. Because when you really believe, you, you act different. Somebody point at somebody and say, it's time to act different. Our, faith, our, our, our storm, our trial comes to address those areas of weakness. So therefore, it's hard. It's very difficult for any of you who've done any weight training or, or any of you, sometimes you, you, you just tried to train yourself. You'll go to certain machines and, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And then you'll attack a machine that addresses an area of weakness where you've never worked out before. And then you're like, ooh, that, that, that hurt. And if it didn't hurt then, guess it, it hurts later. <laughs> you're like, I, I, I didn't even know I had muscles. Right, come on, y'all. Some of y'all went walking, and you hadn't been walking in a while, and you and you hurting all over. You laid up in bed because you you had, you you had, you're, you're stretching and using muscles you're not used to using, and then you're like, oh, I, it's painful. What's happening is you are practicing or working in an area of weakness, 
And therefore, your strength has to be built up. And it hurts in those areas. It's painful in those areas. And yes, it's hard. This storm is meant to be hard. It's meant to be hard. Because if it's not hard, then you don't get stronger. If it's not hard, you don't get stronger. And you don't go to the gym to get weaker. You go, don't go to the gym to, to be happy about where you are. You go to the gym to get better. Point to somebody and say, it's time to get better. I, I, I go to the gym so that I can get better. If I'm satisfied with where I am, I don't go to the gym. But I'm going to the gym to get better, better so that means that it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And it's going to attack an area of weakness. And one of the first things I need to do to attack and work out that area of weakness, guess what you need to do? You need to acknowledge that you're weak in that area. You need to acknowledge it. You need to be honest with yourself. I'm working, I, I, I'm working on gossiping. I, I struggle with it, but I, I need to work on that. Lord, help me with that. Help me to keep my mouth shut. Help me to not be, get so much joy in passing along other people's information. Come on now. I'm sharing everybody else's business. And you notice the people that share everybody else's business certainly don't want to share their own. But they'll share everybody else's. If you talk to somebody and they're always talking about other people, that might be a sign. They're a gospel. They don't talk about themselves. They always talk about other people. Lord, just Lord, that's an area of weakness. Lord, help me. I, I, I need to be strengthened in that area of my weakness. And yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, it's going to be hard. But if it's not hard, then I don't get stronger. Say that with me. Say, if it's not hard, then I don't get stronger. So if God is challenging me right now, even in my finances, and it, it may be difficult right now, but when I come out of this, I'm going to be stronger. It, it, it's hard, but I'm going to be stronger. These weights are, are, are pressing on me, but when I come out of this... I'm going to be better. I'm going to be stronger. So Paul says, so therefore I glorify, I, I glorify God even in my infirmities. Because even when I'm weak, then he's strong because his trials are making me stronger. So yeah, you, you go in the gym and you're not going to be cute. So don't wear your makeup. You're going to sweat through it. And I'm not cute now, but I'm going to be cuter when I leave. <laughs> Because I'm getting stronger. Come, come here with me now. I, I, I'm sweating and, and, and it's ugly and it's painful and it's, and it's hurting and I'm pushing myself beyond limits that I did not know that I have. And that is the glory of going through the trial. Because in the trial, often you find out that you're stronger than you realize you are. See, when you have that trainer, that trainer will say, yeah, go, let's, let's max out that weight. And then you hit a weight that maybe you didn't even realize you had. And you know what that trainer is going to do? He said, yeah, even when you pushed it up and you're ready to quit, he says, give me one more. Give me one more. And when he does that and when you push it up and, and you get it and you do something that you didn't know that you could do, at that moment there's a moment of satisfaction because even though it was hard and I'm under the weight and I'm under the stress and I'm under the pain of the trial that I'm pushing off of me, I'm recognizing in myself that I'm stronger than I realized that I was. And it's not my strength, it's God who is strengthening me. I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me because he and when it says strengthens he's not strengthening himself he's as strong as he needs to be but he's empowering me mm, to push things off of myself 
that I ordinarily would not have the power to do. He's strengthening me to get through stuff that I ordinarily couldn't go through alone, but he's empowering me to get through this storm. And because he's empowering me, I feel that power. I feel that strength working in me. So the next trial that comes along, I'm not as concerned. I'm not as worried. So, so here, first of all, it's telling you to believe. But the next part of this is be courageous. I have more courage. Why do I have more courage? Because I've been through the storm and God brought me through it. It's hard to tell somebody who God brought through something that he's not real. And I wish I had a few, just a, just a couple witnesses in here. It, it, it's hard. It's hard to, to try to convince somebody who, who God has brought out of something and they know God brought them through. Don't, don't, you, you can try if you want to to tell them that God's not real, but baby, they've already seen the power of God operating in their life. Baby, you can't tell me he's not real. I, somebody say, I know he's real. <laughs> I, 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 I know he's real. I, I have seen the power of God not operating in the lives of others, but I have felt it and experienced for myself the power of God bringing me out of stuff that I didn't know how I was coming out of. Bringing me out of hurt. Bringing me out of loss. Bringing me out of rejection. Bringing me out of disappointment. Bringing me out of health situations and turmoil. Bringing me out of broken and hurt relationships. I have experienced for myself that God has the power to bring me out. So baby, you can't tell me he's not real. I've seen it for myself. I can testify all day long about what God has done. So you can tell me he's not real. But baby, let me let you know already. He's already done so much for me. I, 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 I can't tell all of the goodness of where God has been. And in fact, if you try and tell me he's not real, I might use that as an opportunity to testify to you about what he did for me. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You want to tell me he's not real? Well, I'll start testifying about what it did for me. And the songwriter said, if you don't believe he's real, he said, I was sinking deep in sin. I was far from the blissful shore. I was very deeply stained with sin. I was sinking to rise no more. He said, but the master of the sea. Nobody else could do it. Nobody else could save me. Nobody else could help me. He said, but the master of the sea heard my cry and he lifted me. And he said, I know. Somebody say, I know. I know. I know. Somebody say, I know. I know for myself. I, I don't need somebody else's testimony, but I know for myself that it was nothing but God that brought me through that. I don't need you to tell me what it brought you through, but I can tell for myself that when I was by myself, I didn't have any other help. I, I didn't have hope to come out of my situation, but somebody say, some way... God brought me through and say, I know, I know it was the Lord. Come on, put those hands together and give us some grace. 
bless the Lord. Somebody say it was nothing but God. See, today, you're going to see something. Sometime during the game, at least one of the teams, I hope at least one, will score a touchdown. And see, when they score the touchdown, they'll get into the end zone. And sometimes they'll start engaging in some type of gyration. And they'll start dancing in the end zone. The thing about the dance is when you see it, it's often well choreographed. Sometimes you'll see all the team members, they'll come together. One day I saw them, brother, they were doing the temptations. And they started bending their knees and then they started doing like that. And all the members of the team were dancing along. And it let me know something. They didn't plan the dance when they got in the end zone. But something lets me know they had already prepared the dance before they even got there. And I came to tell somebody, you don't have to wait until the battle is over. You can go ahead and you can shout right now. You can go ahead and get ready for the after party. You can go ahead and get ready to dance. You can go ahead and give God the praise while I'm in the middle of the situation. Because God is telling me in his word right here, he said, I have already giving you the victory. Somebody point at your neighbor and tell him you already have the victory. If I already have the victory, I can go ahead and pull out my celebratory food. I can go ahead and get my chips. I can go ahead and get my hot wings. I can go ahead and start drinking my red Kool-Aid because I'm already prepared to celebrate what God has already done. And what I came to tell somebody is you're in the middle of it right now. But I dare you to give God praise right where you are I don't have to wait until I see the light at the end of the tunnel I don't have to wait until the clock goes down to zero I don't have to wait to see what the final score will be God's already told me that I already have the victory somebody look at somebody point at them and tell them and tell them you already have have the victory on it somebody else and say you already have the victory so I can go ahead and dance I can go ahead and shout I can go ahead and lift my hands I can go ahead and celebrate because I already I already have the victory come on put those hands together and give God some praise everyone stand it to your feet come on everyone stand it to your feet I can celebrate Hallelujah! I can give God the glory. I can give God the praise. Because I know in advance that I have the victory. I have the victory. So because I have the victory, because I already know what is about to happen, I will still experience storms. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus is saying here. Even though you have the victory, you're still going to encounter trouble. You're still going to struggle 
for this victory that I've already promised you. That doesn't mean I won't have pain in my body. That doesn't mean I won't wake up some days and feel a little discouraged. That doesn't mean people won't stop looking at me funny at work and people will stop talking about me behind my back. But when you already have the victory, then you, you ought to behave a little different. You, you, you act a little different when you already have the victory. In fact, because I already have the victory, when I encounter a setback, I don't lose my joy. Oh, that's, that's, what, that's where we need to go. That, that's an area of growth. I don't lose my joy because I experience a setback. This setback doesn't change the fact that I already have the victory. I want you to think of it this way. In football, football is particularly different than other sports because the game can be over before the time runs out. You ever, that, that's the only sport where you see that. The game can be over before the time runs out. Many times because there's a, there's a time clock between plays, that means they don't even have to snap the ball again. They'll take a knee with 30 seconds left. And the game is really over, even though the time clock hasn't expired. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Sometimes the other team gets mad and they still keep pushing. <laughs> but the game is over. It's already been decided. They already have the victory. And I want you to understand that your life is like that final 30 seconds. <laughs> Jesus has already taken a knee. He died on the cross. He, he's already paid it all. The game is over. The victory has been decided. That doesn't mean they won't start stop testing you. They still probably out there cussing each other out. They still trying to push people down. They still trying to be ugly and talk about each other. But despite all of that, the game is already over. The, the, the victory has already been won. You already have the victory already have the victory and you know what I like sometimes when when a team is up by a lot and then the other team is still jawing and, and celebrating every now and again that player who's already won they know that they'll just point they'll tell them to look at the scoreboard yeah you, you celebrating but 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 we won <laughs> you, you're talking crazy to me right now but we won you're jawing at me right now, but I, I want to point to you, to the scoreboard, and let you, remind you that, that we've already won. So when the devil comes at you, you don't have to point at the scoreboard, you can point to the cross. See, the devil, you, you might trip me right now, that's alright, I'll get back up, let me point you to the cross. I, I've already won. <laughs> Wish you were in here with me. Yeah, you might have hurt my feelings. I might be crying right now, but I'm going to point you to the cross, devil. Because despite you feeling good in this moment, I've already, I've already won. 
So when they talk about you this week, I want you, you don't have to do it literally, just in your heart. I'm pointing at the cross. I've already won. When the devil tries to cause you to be overcome with anxiety and depression and grief, I'm pointing at the cross with my heart. Lord, I praise you because I've already, I've already, every single one of you, everybody watching us virtually, everybody in this audience, you have already won because Jesus has given you the victory. Come on, put those hands together and give God some. So, unfortunately, after the Super Bowl, somebody's team might lose, but our team always wins. Our team always wins. We don't have to be sad. We don't have to be frustrated. We don't have to be disappointed anymore because we always, we always, we always win. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word of encouragement that came directly from our Savior, Jesus Christ, as he ministered to the disciples, letting them know that they, yes, in this life, they will experience tribulation, but be of good cheer. You have already overcome the world. Lord, allow us, help us to have a victorious mindset, Lord. Help us live with a victorious mindset. Yes, we're going to suffer setbacks, but we have the victory. Yes, we're going to experience disappointments, but Lord, we already have the victory. Lord, do not allow the devil in any of his tricks to steal that mindset from us. To always have our heart pointed towards you. To always have our hands raised in celebration. To always have our mouth filled with praise. Knowing that in every situation, You've secured for us the victory through Jesus Christ. And for that, Lord, we thank you. For that, Lord, we praise you. For that, Lord, we give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God for you until we shall see you again. hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line and in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.